the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, we're at All Aboard live today on Cantrell here in Little Rock. Good to have you along for the ride here on the uh, uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, we're trying to do this on Facebook Live as well. I understand that you might be getting a little stuttering on the uh, the audio. We'll work with it as much as we can. But the Mevo's hooked up with my hotspot on my phone, so we're going to do the best we can and, and push on and see what will happen. Michael Joyce is going to join us here in just a second. He's with the RNC. He's the Deputy Press Secretary, has been with us uh, here on the show before. Of course, last night was the second uh, Democrat debate, or the start of it, because there will be more tonight. I don't know about you, but one night is about all I can take, and even that was hard to get through the whole night, to be honest with you. Uh, so let's welcome Michael Joyce to the show. Michael, how you doing? Good to talk to you again. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for having me. So when you watched last night, see if, see if you felt the same way I did. I saw a group of Democrats that were trying to stay in reality while a couple of Democrats by the name of Sanders and Warren were all talking, you know, pie and pie, by and by kind of stuff. And th- anybody who's got a brain between their ears knows that what they were saying can't ever happen. Yeah, well, uh, you know, on, I think on display we saw two things. We saw the Socialist Circus uh, come to Detroit, and we also saw the Democrat Civil War really uh, unravel before our very eyes. You know, um, it's not a surprise anymore that there's no room for moderates in their party. And I think that's why even the moderators and folks like Don Lemon were basically shushing people like John Delaney or telling them their time's up uh, very aggressively, more so than the other candidates on stage. And so, yeah, uh, pretty horrifying last night. You know, to your point, uh, it was hard to watch. And we got a couple more hours of it tonight. Unfortunately, I'd like to focus on some other stuff. But, you know, it's uh, it's scary stuff that these are folks that could actually uh, potentially get to the White House if they get elected in 2020. And the policies they're pushing, it, you know, it's interesting. A state like Michigan, um, Bernie Sanders won Michigan in 2016. And there was a poll that came out in the Detroit News last week that said Michiganders overwhelmingly reject uh, his Medicare for All plan, which is really just a government takeover of our health care system. It would kick five and a half million Michiganders off their private health insurance. Those are the policies that they're openly and proudly supporting on stage. And, of course, when it comes to uh, raising taxes on middle class Americans, uh, they put their tail between their legs and are afraid to admit that that's exactly what they're going to do to us. you heard their dangerous open borders agenda. Uh, so, yeah, really, the social circus was on full display last night. And uh, we saw the Civil War really sh- shake out. And it just really goes to show that whoever wins the nomination in, in this primary is going to be on record supporting a very far left radical socialist agenda that the American people, I think, will truly reject uh, at the polls in 2020. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Well, can I play something for, for you from MSNBC last night? This was a segment that they did on these policy proposals. This is very short. It's not very long at all. It's less than two minutes. But I want you to listen to this. And look, when MSNBC is reporting this, 
It would seem to me that the candidates would listen. This is cut number three. Go ahead, Zach. Pop that up. Uh, Steve Kornacki standing by at the board with how uh, the numbers may back up what we saw tonight. Yeah, interesting, that dynamic you're talking about, sort of the moderate candidates going after Warren, going after Sanders, and even sounding that alarm potentially about electability. We've got some new data that's out recently that measures some of these issues that came up, where Democratic voters are, the folks who are going to vote in the primary versus where general election voters are. There are some interesting divides here. This question of Medicare for all without private insurance. That was a major part of this debate tonight. You see Democratic voters, more than two to one support this. 64% support, 31% oppose. Ask the same question to all Americans. General election voters, the folks who vote in November, very different story. 41% say it's a good idea. A majority, 54% say it's a bad idea. How about this one? How about decriminalizing border crossings? That obviously came up again tonight as it did the first debate. Democrats are split on this question. 45 support, 47 opposed. How about all voters, general election voters, overwhelming opposition on that, 27-66. Another issue you heard about, this is national health insurance. Should there be a program that makes it available to undocumented immigrants? Again, among Democrats, basically two to one. That proposition, 60 to 32, among general election voters, complete opposite. And one more that came up late in the night, that question of reparations payments amongst Democrats, 46 support, 40% say bad idea, among all voters, again, 27-62. So you see those sort of moderate candidates, this is what they're trying to express on that stage. But when the energy on the Democratic side is somewhere else, that's the power behind those uh, comebacks that you heard from Warren and Sanders. There you go. What do you think about that, uh, Michael? Yeah, uh, I mean, they're, they're right, you know, and it's, it's interesting to me because there was a poll, another poll that came out that said, uh, I think it was 69% of swing voters in swing states who could very well determine the, the outcome of the election, 69% of them thought that socialism is a toxic uh, proposal. And so there, you see the polls, even in the Democrat Party, uh, there's folks that are saying, I don't like these things. You know, the BET founder, uh, Bob Johnson, came out and said, this party, they've gone off a cliff. They're too far to the left. I can't support this anymore. And right. I think a lot of people are looking at it saying, you know, this is not the alternative to Donald Trump. We were expecting this radical brand of socialism. Uh, uh, the first debate, Elizabeth Warren, they asked her the very first question. They said, uh, you know, even 60 percent of Democrats approve of the president's handling of the economy. Why do we need this dramatic change and take socialist takeover of our country? She couldn't give a good answer to it. And so, yeah, I think they're right. And, you know, it's funny. They mentioned in there they were talking about decriminalizing illegal immigration, the government takeover of health care. Uh, yeah, people don't want these things. People aren't advocate, advocating for it. And it was funny watching uh, Pete Buttigieg last night actually try to walk back and waffle on his commitment to decriminalizing illegal immigration. Uh, I think everyone understands, even Democrats now, that there is a legitimate crisis at our southern border. And this is not a time for open borders. Uh, go back to February when Beto O'Rourke comes out and says, we need to tear down existing border wall. Uh, he did that from the El Paso sector of our border. Uh, fast forward to May, we had the largest apprehension of illegal immigrants in recorded history in the El Paso sector, right where Beto stood and said, we, need to, we should tear down existing border walls here. These are policies that the American people, the general electorate, overwhelmingly reject. Unfortunately, the Democrat rabid base right now they're the ones advocating for these things, and that's what happens when you let a socialist squad drive the message for your party and take over the party now. This is what's going to happen moving forward. So, 
uh, by the time we get to uh, a general uh, election, I think we're going to be popping champagne bottles for whoever wins because they're going to be on record supporting things that total, you know, over $200 trillion worth of policies. And if our GDP is only about $20 trillion on a year and we're already $20 trillion in debt, uh, I don't understand how you can pay for that without taxing every single American in this country, regardless of how much money you make into oblivion. So I don't think that's a winning message, and especially in contrast to what President Trump has been able to do in the face of unprecedented obstruction from Democrats and a two-year $35 million special counsel. I just don't see how that's going to resonate, and I don't see how you're going to win over the country. Uh, And I think people are going to want to reward President Trump with four more years because of this booming economy we're in right now. You look at the record low of unemployment, uh, the wage growth uh, that's coming through. I mean, we've had over 11 months of 3% wage growth or higher. Uh, the jobs that are coming back to America right now, I think people look at this, and especially President Trump supporters, uh, the non-traditional Republican voters who came out and supported President Trump because of the message that he brings. I think they look at it and go, yeah, the president has kept his promises. He's gotten a lot done uh, without any help from Democrats in Congress. Uh, Republicans are doing everything they can to help President Trump. But, you know, when Nancy Pelosi controls the House, that really changes the game. The House of Representatives is no longer the House of Representatives. It's the House of Investigation. So, uh, yeah, I think people are going to look at this at the end of the day and say, you know, am I better off now than I was four years ago? Absolutely. Why would we ever change course and go to a full socialist takeover of this country right now? Yeah, as you listen to what they were saying about those numbers, here's what I thought when I heard them, and it's this. How many Democrats will just stay home and not even vote? Because they, they've got almost a split in their their party. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of Democrats. I, I, if this stays the way it is right now, if the Democrats keep rushing headlong into these, these uh, crazy programs, leftist policies that they, they want to instill on America, we're going to have a, a complete replay of the Reagan-Mondale uh, election uh, that happened back in the 80s. It's, they're, they're going to get crushed. They're going to get crushed. And uh, who knows if the, uh, the Democrats can recover from that. I don't know if they can recover because they've gone so far left. Yeah, you know, it's a good point there. And uh, it's funny, I was actually thinking the same thing myself. And, of course, in 2016, uh, you know, I lived in the People's Republic of Austin, Texas, and I knew some very <laughs> radical oh, Bernie man, Sanders I'm supporters. Sorry. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers is the blueberry and tomato soup. It's not all bad. But, uh, you know, when I talked to Bernie Sanders supporters down there, they said, I'm staying home. I can't vote for Hillary. Absolutely not. Uh, I think you can exactly see the exact same thing uh, shake out in this election. And, you know, the thing that's uh, kind of shocking to me is they're not focusing on uh, the kitchen table issues that people care about. You know, they're pushing these policies that people are saying, we don't want these things. I don't know why you keep talking about it because we don't want it. And they're not focusing on things that do matter to people, things like the USMCA trade deal. That's a no brainer. I mean, that's going to absolutely immensely benefit farmers, ranchers, manufacturers all over the country. Uh, And especially look at states like Arkansas and Texas. Uh, They do a lot of business with these countries. I mean, we need to get serious about this and get this done for the American people. But it's unfortunate because Democrats don't want to give the president a win. So they're not going to talk about it. They're not going to bring it to the House for a vote. Uh, hopefully at some point we can pressure Nancy Pelosi enough to do it. But my gosh, it's just like they don't care about uh, things that matter to the American people anymore. And, you know, maybe they talk about it a little more tonight, but they didn't once mention the USMCA 
in the border state of Michigan that does more business with Mexico and Canada than almost any other state in the country. People don't realize that, but they do a ton of business with Mexico, and it's an auto manufacturing juggernaut up there. So uh, it's incredible to me that they just miss the mark time and time again. But, you know, as I said earlier, that's what happens when the socialist squad and a rabid Democrat base takes over your party, and that's the message they want to push now, then, hey, so be it. I'll gladly take four more years of President Trump, and hopefully we elect more Republicans up and down the ballot in 2020 in Arkansas and the rest of the country uh, so we can stop this and put an end to this uh, madness that's going on right now. Yeah, let's let's talk a little deeper into this because, you know, I'm I'm almost 90% sure that the president— unless something extraordinary happens, we'll, we'll have re- get the re-election for another four years. But what do you think are our chances now that the House of Representatives have been showing what they're not doing for the American people? What are our chances of taking the House back again? I think it's huge, and I think for I think for two reasons I think we can take it back. The first reason is the fact that simply Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats have turned our House of Representatives into the House of Investigations. All Jerry Nadler and Adam Schiff and these other committee leaders care about is issuing more subpoenas, redoing the Mueller uh, investigation, uh, and continuing their political vendetta against President Trump. Uh, And the other reason I think it's going to help that we have a good chance of winning again and taking back the House in 2020 is because you have President Trump on top of the ticket. I think the president has shown that he welcomes an entirely new base of of support to the Republican Party of voters who just simply didn't vote in the past, who never felt any reason to come out and vote before. So I think whoever's on top of the ticket has a strong uh, down ballot effect. I saw it in Texas in 2016. I think you'll see it again in 2020. Uh, We saw it all over the country in 2016. Really, there were some folks who weren't predicted to win their races. And all of a sudden, I think they got a little boost uh, with having President Trump on the ticket. But at the end of the day, People put Nancy Pelosi back in charge of our House, and they haven't done anything for the American people. They left for recess without even passing a budget. Uh, A deal does sound like it's in place, but you were supposed to do that in the first 100 days. They promised to do that. They couldn't get it done. And all all they've focused on doing is passing non-binding resolutions that are meaningless. And when it came time to condemn anti-Semitism, they couldn't even do that. They had to say, we condemn all forms of hate. Uh, But, you know, it's clear that there is a very strong anti-Semitic issue going on in the Democrat Party right now. And I think Americans, whether you're Jewish or not, should be appalled by this. And the things that they say uh, on the flip side about Republicans, when, you know, AOC is comparing detention facilities to concentration camps, that rhetoric has consequences. People saw that ICE facility in Washington state that got attacked. And if you look at that gentleman's manifesto who attacked that ICE facility, he had detention facilities or concentration camps written over and over again. So while they only focus on, and they, I mean the mainstream media, while they only focus on President Trump and anything President Trump does must be racist or bigoted or misogynist or sexist, pick a term, they're going to throw the kitchen sink at the president in 2020, just like they did in 2016, and we're already watching that happen. Uh, It's just very clear that uh, there's a little bit of an issue there, and, you know, hopefully— uh, the Democrats get their wits about themselves and end this madness. But I don't see any end in sight. And I think, again, uh, end of the day, they're going to pay for it at the polls in 2020 because they're taking us uh, on a path that no one wants to go on right now. And uh, it's pretty appalling, I think, to the American people to watch it play out. And it probably will happen again tonight. All right, Michael, I know you got another hit you got to do. I'm going to let you go. I appreciate you spending time with us. Let's do it again very shortly. Hey, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll talk to you to Michael Joyce here on the Dave Ellswick Show. He's the deputy 
uh, communications uh, director, does a great job for the RNC. He'll be with us in the in the future again. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.